0: Good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. It's a little bit different setting. We're out here at Rose Hill Cemetery in, outside of Tulia, Texas. And I uh, wanted to come out here just to talk about this reaping the harvest, what reaping the harvest looks like. I know as you, you see the tombstones and that type of thing in front of you this morning, uh, this is actually an area that my, my grandfather purchased years and years and years ago. As a matter of fact, there's four trees that are planted right here that mark the spots of our family and where our family uh, would be laid to rest. And so it's interesting that he had the forethought to sow that seed, right? And and that that particular seed that he sown, um, now uh, I have an aunt and uncle and uh, my grandparents are right here. My mother is buried right here. And it seems like an unusual place to do a, a sermon, but I want you to know that the seed that they sowed during their lifetime, during that dash in their life, was so critical to who I am today. So there's still a harvest being reaped. And it's so important that we see that life is but a breath. Life is very, very short. The scripture tells us in Genesis eight twenty two, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. This is a principle of, gar- of God, seed time and harvest. Galatians chapter six, verse seven says it this way, that God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that shall he also reap in this life and the life to come. So there's, there's what takes place in our life today. The seed that we sow in our life today is effectual and, and it's, it should be very meaningful for each and every one of us. The seed that we sow is imperative because here's, here's what happens is that we just have a brief time to sow that seed. A life is but a breath. And it's a short time. The scripture tells us that the one who gives for sowing continues to to give. And so we have a responsibility to continue to sow that there is there is a harvest, but the workers are few. But a man's harvest in this life depends upon what he sows. So here's the thing. As long as the earth remains, the principle of seed time and harvest is always going to be a principle. It's always going to be in fact. It's an immutable law if you would like. You can't change it, you will reap what you sow, you can't repent out of it, you can't pray out of it, you will get what you sow. God is not mocked, right? At the same time, we can leverage this principle for our advantage, we can make it work for our good. I love the fact that my family here sowed good seed, they sowed the word of God, and it's still being effectual throughout the world today, even though they're not participating in the way that they once did for sure, but but it carries on. And look, if you don't like the harvest you're getting in life, then here's the cool thing. Change the seed that you're sowing. And we're going to move on now to another place. And we're going to talk about changing the seed that we're sowing because you have an opportunity to sow an eternal seed that lasts forever, that continues to, to return and have a return 30, 60, and 100 fold. Hey, church. So you can tell we changed the scenery a little bit up from a, a cemetery over here to this is actually a home place where I grew up and I'm standing right on the porch. And if you notice out here, you'll see some wheat that's been sown. Uh, dad came out and sowed all this wheat and a lot of pasture out around me. Um, some hay bales way on back here in the back. And this is, this is really the house that raised me and a lot of good seed. I, I had the opportunity of being raised on a farm and, uh, running cattle right up the road here on a couple of sections of pasture and you know it's just a a blessing to be home it's a blessing to to come out here and talk to you about reaping the harvest and and continuing on and how we reap a harvest now today i want to talk about the seed because i just finished and, and said that if you don't like the harvest you're getting then change the seed that you're sowing and one of the ways i was, i was going to show you is uh I stopped right up the road and there's a cotton field and they're stripping cotton, cotton right now. And this is a cotton seed. I pulled it out of a cotton bowl. Here's a cotton bowl. And uh just as I did this, I was uh uh reminded that, you know, this time of year, this time of season, there's a lot of farmers out here that are trying to get this stuff out of the field. And and the cotton seed goes one place. And of course, the cotton goes to make things like what I'm wearing and what you're wearing this morning. But if you don't like cotton, maybe there's some farmers out here that, that don't care much about farming cotton. What they farm also is wheat. And here's a lot of wheat seed. I actually pulled it out of the drill that's behind us here. And it's a little bitty seed. You can kind of see this just a little bit. And that that seed right there, of course, we expect 30, 60, and 100 fold. We like to have uh, you know, 30 bushel wheat is great dry land wheat and 60 bushel is even better. So we're looking for a return on the seed that we're sowing. But if you don't like the return you're currently get, getting in life, maybe you need to change the type of seed that you're sowing. One of the ways to change the type of seed is, of course, having a heart that loves doing what you do. In other words, I know for me, uh, I love to, to preach and to teach the gospel but I also know that, uh, out of a joyful heart, uh, that, 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 that springs forth life. People want to see, uh, and be around people that are happy, that have a joyful way of sowing seed. We started at the cemetery and, and some of my family there in their plots, you know, they had a joyous heart about them. I think of my mother. She had a joyous heart. She always had a project in, in front of her. Uh, that was the type of seed that she sowed. My grandmother, my papa, papa used to sing these silly songs coming back from the farm. And, uh, he had a joyous heart. He had a hoe in his hand. If you would, he was, he was always, uh, uh, looking for weeds, always cutting down weeds. Uh, uh, Papa was, was, uh, uh, liked to irrigate. He was always walking down the rows and, uh, checking the irrigation. I got a tumbleweed blowing by me right here. We may race one of those here in just a moment. That's a bad seed. That's the type of seed you don't want to sow. Okay. Is the bad seed, the tumbleweed seed. But, uh, uh, you know, just, just thinking about having a joyful heart and the, and the, the way that we put the seed in the ground, because it really does make a difference. John Maxwell said it this way. He said, the greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we grow up, that it's no one else's responsibility to make me happy, right? Or to make me joyful. And joy is a part of the kingdom of God. And so we should sow a seed of joy. We should sow from a seed of joy, if you will. When I think about my heart, my heart attitude determines my success in sowing. And it's going to be the same for you. Your heart attitude is going to determine the success you have in sowing. If you have a bad heart, if you have a uh, a poor attitude, then, then basically uh, that impacts the seed that you place in the ground. Cain didn't understand this. We're going to go back to, to Genesis chapter four. Now, those of you who are with me in Bravehearts this week, I shared some of this story. I shared it kind of from a different viewpoint, but today I want to look at Cain and Abel once again, because Cain didn't understand this. This, uh, this is the first record of really sowing an offering that we have in scripture. It comes to us from Genesis chapter four, five through nine. Here we go. But for Cain and his offering, God had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Notice he had to rule over it, that it it was going to be his heart attitude that was going to determine, right, his effectual offering or the effect of his offering. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel Abel, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? So what you'll notice here is that, that Cain was given an opportunity. God said, if you do well. Now, the Hebrew there for do well is Yatab. It actually comes from, uh, it, it has some uh, relation to the word milab. Which is a great attitude. Uh, it means, uh, bringing your best before the Lord. But this, this do well, Yetab, in the Strong's Concordance, it means to be good, to be pleasing, to be glad, specifically to be glad in your sowing. You see, right from the start here in Genesis chapter four, we are to be glad in our sowing. There, there's a lesson being taught here that, that our attitude affects the seed that we have. That God, as he's the supplier of the seed that we're sowing, it's supposed to be good news. You know, I, I read a Proverbs this week that said, uh, good news puts fat on the bones. Man, isn't that, that, a, that, that's, that's why preachers are so fat, right? <laughs> because we're supposed to be full of good news. It's a hard attitude. It's the seed that we sow out there. So in a sense, God is trying to help Cain in his attitude about giving and sowing. He's basically saying, Hey, you could bring your best. You could determine to bring your best, but you didn't. You chose not to. It didn't go good for Cain. Abel's offering was pleasing, but Cain's wasn't. Abel's offering came with a good heart. It came through good intentions and it was also the first fruits. The, 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 the first, the first fruits of his cattle is what he brought forward. So here's the thing. Cain entertained anger and, and here in a minute, he sowed to anger. And it became bitterness, right? He made someone else responsible for his anger and, and he, and his hurt, he deflected all of his inadequacies. He deflected upon his brother, right? He made someone else responsible for his anger. He was, it was another case of deflection and transference, making someone else responsible for their lack. And he failed to master sin through mastering his emotions So church is so important that we see that the very first offering here um, between Cain and Abel, there was a big difference in their heart attitude. And Cain had the wrong heart attitude. And look, sin takes advantage of, of our human frailties, of our emotions and of our weaknesses. And that's exactly what happened. So as a sower, a right heart attitude is everything. You know, farmers who love to farm, what do they do? They they usually get up early. Um, they know what season it is. And in due time, they're going to sow that seed. And and most farmers want to sow it early. It's, it's amazing to me. It used to be, you know, uh, October, we were sowing wheat. But now uh, if you're not out by September, you know, you're late because most farmers, they just enjoy getting up and sowing the seed. And as a sower with a right heart attitude, that's the way it is for us. See, God gives us the gospel. He gives us the good news to share with one another. And we should share it from a good, good place in our heart. My heart attitude determines my success in sowing. You know, it it will determine for generations to come when my children see that I enjoy what I do, when my children uh, see that I enjoy sharing the word of God with them, sharing Uh, and teaching, and showing, and planting seed in their heart. You see, when they see that, it goes from generation to generation. So there's going to be a return. Some of the return I won't see in my lifetime. That's why we started at the cemetery. But there's still a return that's still coming in. There's still a harvest that's coming in from seed that was sown of those who went before us. In Luke chapter six, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So a measure of a good heart, right, will be measured back to you. Isn't it fun when you see uh, some rewards, when you see some harvest from the seed that you sown? when it comes back to you, it makes your heart glad, right? And when we sow and we give it freely, it comes back to us freely. This is how God works. So with the measure you use, according to how you give to life, according to how you sow to life, is how life will come back to you, church. You are your sower. You sow also for your life, not just the lives of others, but you sow also for your life. Now, sometimes before I look, uh, perhaps, uh, and I judge others and I judge their sowing and, and what they're doing. A lot of times I need to look at me. How, how, you know, sometimes I need to look in the mirror instead of looking out the window. I think that's good for all of us. Cain made the mistake at looking at his brother, at comparing, blaming others for his lot in life, but it was his sowing that would eventually get him in trouble, right? And because of how he sowed, trouble came running back into his lap, See, our heart attitude determines our success in our sowing, church. So let's talk about three huge attitudes that we must embrace in order to have a maximum harvest in this life and also in the lives of others to come, right? What can we do? The first thing is learn the importance of having a cheerful heart. A glad heart is what the scripture calls it. Second Corinthians 9, seven, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Church, God loves it when we give cheerfully. As a matter of fact, the more seed we sow, he continues to supply more and more seed, right? He's the supplier of the seed that that we sow. So when we give from a cheerful heart, when we give to life from a good heart, it comes running back into our lap. God loves cheerful givers, church. God loves everybody, but he really loves a cheerful giver. You know, some say that God doesn't play, play favorites, but really in that scripture right there, if God loves a cheerful giver, I wonder what he thinks about an uncheerful giver. I'm just saying, church, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but, but, but the truth is, I know one thing. He loves a cheerful giver. Some give out of guilt. Some give out of duty. Some give out of obligation. Some give out of tradition. There is no doubt, but they don't expect much of a return. But I think a cheerful giver expects to for people to be cheerful around him. You know, when we were at the cemetery earlier, I saw my aunt and uncles' uh, grave sites, and an interesting thing. If y'all knew my uncle Shot, he was cheerful. He he laughed all the time. You knew where he was if he was in the house because he was laughing somewhere. He just gave cheer. I mean, that's who Uncle Shot was, right? and and it it made me chuckle even being out there this morning because uh i i thought of uncle shot and i thought about his laughter that's the first thing that that came to my mind right now some of us we we give out a guilt duty obligation tradition uh we give financially we sow financial seed which is very very important but we also uh, uh sow seed of the word right Uh, Some Sunday school teachers, I think growing up, some of my Sunday school teachers, some were just so cheerful and others of them, you could tell they had been coaxed into teaching that Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Sunday school teacher didn't show up again. Now you want me to cover the seventh and eighth graders. Look, I know what that's like. And that's tough and that's difficult. It may not be your calling, but I'm telling you when you give cheerfully, those kids know it and it comes back to you as, as cheerful ways as well. So here's the thing. Learn to give from a cheerful heart. The second thing I would, I would tell you is, is as we give according to God's ways and according to his will, uh, he multiplies it. See, God is a multiplier of the seed. So I've got a lot of wheat seed, uh, here below me right now. And, and the interesting thing about that wheat seed, like I said, we're expecting a 30, 60, 100 fold on that. That's the expectation when you sow that seed. Now, 30, 60, and 100 fold is not addition. That's multiplication. So when, when we look at our harvest, we should be seeing it multiplied because God is a God of multiplication, not necessarily addition. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 says it this way. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Wow. Multiplication. Isn't it neat that when we sow with the right attitude that God multiplies the seed that we're sowing? See, most people focus on addition, trying to add to their own lives, but that that causes us to be self-focused. Here's the thing. People will reach out and grab what they can in life to preserve themselves, and that's grasping, right? People uh, focus on addition, just trying to add to their own lives. That's a dangerous place to be, but we live in a very selfish culture today. The thing about multiplication is the more you give away, the more you receive is what the scripture is saying here. See, God is a giver of that seed. He multiplies the giving of that seed. And when we ourselves understand what it means that it's greater to give than to receive, he continues to pour out through us, give us plenty of seed. See, it's the difference between being close-handed and open-handed. With multiplication, people don't grasp. They open their hands. They are open-handed. They know God supplies seed to the sower. They know they are blessed to be a blesser, right? This is a supernatural principle. If you think about Jesus, Jesus demonstrated this with the fish and the loaves at the feeding of the 5,000 and again with the feeding of the 4,000, right? The parable of the sower he had multiplication vision, 30, 60, hundred fold. The way we do church is a multiplication model, right? Empower you to do the works, to multiply the vision, to multiply your teams, because God is a God of multiplication. The third thing I'd say about the seed that you sow, and this is the final thing, is we must sow seed in faith. You know, uh, this year, a terrible drought. Uh, this land behind me, uh, we started out through ripping. We ripped all the land and then we plowed it a couple of different times, once with a disc and once with a plow. And uh, we put the seed in dry. We had a little storm come through probably three weeks ago and it started breaking the seed from the ground. And you can kind of see some of it in there now. Of course, we still need rain, but we sowed that seed in faith, just believing that, that God would bring it up. You see, when we sow in faith, church, then it gives God the opportunity because, uh, what God is looking for is our faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So anytime we sow a seed, anytime we teach the gospel, anytime that we share Jesus Christ with someone, anytime that we make a moral or a uh, we stand for our morals, or we step up for our values. Any time that we we do those things that are of God in faith, He multiplies that seed. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And this was the problem with Cain: is is that Cain didn't didn't bring his first fruits before God and trust God to take care of him with the rest. Instead, he brought his overages. He 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 had his own assurances through his own strength. And that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to sow seed in faith. Anytime we give, we give financially to the church and to its ministries. You know, that's one of the beautiful things that, that has happened through our church. Uh, last week with Milton Jones, you heard him teach and he talked about he didn't even know how many churches we've, we've planted overseas because we're a church that gives and we give to those church plants he talked about the salvations, the baptisms, those things that happen every time we sow a seed in faith. It's incredible. You know, faith acts like a debit card at the gas pump, right? You slide the card, then comes the flow, but no card, no flow. Swiping the card of faith releases the rewards of grace. God is able to make grace abound and flow into my life when I sow my seed in faith. So if you want to see a maximum harvest in your life, church, then you need to understand that from the heart, you must embrace an attitude of cheerfulness, an attitude of multiplication, and an attitude of faith. See, my heart attitude determines my success in sowing. So here's the deal. Every choice I make, every action I take, every thought I entertain, these are the seeds that I sow towards the future, whether they are positive or negative. So we could stop right there and just ask the question, where is my heart today? Is it on the positive side of sowing seed or is it on the negative critical side of sowing seed? Do I sow seed because I have to or do I sow seed because I want to? You see, how we how we determine to sow the seed is going to affect the harvest that comes back to us in this life and also for the generations to come. It's critical. Life is seasonal. Sowing prepares us for harvest in in the next season of our life, right? This This season prepares us for the next. So what does that look like for you, church? What does it look like for me? What is your heart attitude? today well church those are some questions uh to to live by and to think about i hope today you're sowing good seed i hope you're enjoying one another and your households and i miss you and i want you to know we're praying for you and we're sowing the seed of life towards you this very moment this very hour god bless you and welcome to the home that raised me